You're listening to Mischief Media. Hey, Nonplus listeners. If you're a craft beer fan, have we got the app for you. Tavor, it's the app for fans of craft brews and trying new and exciting labels. It's so cool. Snag the app from your iOS or Android app store, browse the current list of hard-to-find 100% independent beers, and add them to your personalized crate, or enroll in the subscription, and Tavor will handpick the highest-rated beers that suit your taste. There's no minimums or commitments, and if you're selecting the beers for yourself, you pay as you choose, and then request delivery whenever you're ready. Again, there's no monthly limit or minimum that you need to hit, and a flat rate shipping doesn't change with the size of your crate. As many beers as you want, same price to ship. Tavor posts a 100% independent community, over 650 featured breweries from 47 states, and over 7,000 beers tasted. That's nuts. Yeah, you can download Tavor today and try it for yourself. Just use the code NONPLUS at checkout for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Again, download Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your app store and use the code NONPLUS for $10 off your first order of $25 or more. I'll drink to that. And one for Mahler. Episode of non plus a gay rom through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband Clancy. And over there is my husband Josh. And this is non plus a mischief media podcast. Hello, everyone. Tis the end of the year. We've moved states. We've moved houses. We bought a house. It's the holidays. All this to say, hey, guess what? We're late again. But you know what? That's fine. Happy New Year, maybe. It's the last episode of the season. It's loosey goosey. There's a lot of stuff going on. We know you're chill. We're being chill about it, too. And we'll be back in the new year with some nonsense and hither and yon and whatever. But uh, uh, Merry Krimbus, uh <laughs> Happy Kwanzaa. Um, happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Whatever's going on when you're listening to this, we love you. And we're just glad that you're listening. Yeah. As always, a quick plug for Mischief Merch. We've got some new stuff over at MischiefMerch.com. Yeah. Um, for those Game of Thrones fans, we have a Stark Diner mug touting their world famous pies. And also this hilarious Targaryen family. You know those shirts, Clancy, where it's like the names of different characters or like there's a McDonald's one that's all the um, ingredients of a Big Mac. Oh, well, yeah. Well, they've got this shirt that's just Aegon and 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 Aegon, which is funny because there's so many Targaryens. There are so many Targaryens, yeah. Um, there's also this gorgeous uh, New York City Theater District throw blanket and brand new a line of Parks and Rec themed merch, including stuff for Swanson's Diner. Finally. And uh, and a Chris Traeger. There's a shirt and a mug that says I'm 100% sure that I am 0% sure of what I'm going to do. And friends, if that's not a life motto. Yeah, for all, real. All I'm saying is you can get all that and more at MischiefMerch.com. Yeah. And if you get anything from the MCU line or any non-plus stuff, just use code non-plus 10 and you'll get 10% off your yeah, and as always, our uh, research and all that comes from Wikipedia, IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, and Box Office Mojo. Yes. So to get right to it, Clancy, what movie did we talk about this week? 
Uh, well, this week we are doing 2022's Strange World. Yes. Now, it's odd that we do this many new films in such a short period. For real. But it's also odd that there are this many new films that are worthy of inspection. This is this is kind of true. Like, you know. Because uh, just based on how we wrapped things up last night, I think you and I might have different perceptions on this movie. We, we do. Um, but anyway, it was released uh, just last month, November 15th, 2022. Runs an hour and 47 minutes. It's a nice brisk runtime. It feels paced well. Uh, it was directed by Don Hall. Now I'm I pasted his filmography in here because I wanted to to show both for us and to mention to our audience, Don Hall's no spring chicken. No, he's worked on the likes of Winnie the Pooh in 2011, uh, Big Hero 6 in 2014. He was a story artist on Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, he's been around the Disney. He directed and did the story for Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah. He directed Big Hero 6, which won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature. So, again, I think this movie was in good hands. I think there are problems with this movie that have nothing to do with the film itself. Screenplay was by Keen Nguyen. Uh, He is an American playwright, TV, and screenwriter. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also wrote on Raya and the Last Dragon and uh, did a well-regarded play called She Kills Monsters. Did a brief bit of research on this play. It's about a a young woman who is grieving the loss of her family and learns more about her sister through a D&D module that she wrote. Oh, that's rad. It sounds like a really great play. Again, She Kills Monsters. Keen Nguyen. Check it out. And now to the cast. Yeah, uh, we first got Jake Gyllenhaal as Searcher Clade. Dennis Quaid as Jaeger Clade. Jabuki Young-White as Ethan Clade. Gabrielle Union as Meridian Clade. Lucy Liu as Callisto Maul. Karen Sony as Caspian. Alan Tudyk as Duffel, a pilot. He also voices the narrator at the beginning of the film and also as the announcer on the radio. Adelina Anthony as Captain Polk. Abraham Ben Ruby as Lonnie Redshirt. Jonathan Mello as Diezo, Ethan's love interest. And Francesca Rial as Azimuth. One of Ethan's friends. And then Nick oh, Dodani yeah. as Cardez, one of Ethan's friends. It's a great cast. This is a great cast. And I think before we get into it, one of the biggest issues with this film was its absolute lack of marketing. Yeah. There were a couple trailers, but like this is a star studded cast. I didn't realize this was the voice cast. Yeah, and they, they could have leaned on that. I feel like they did, they, but theaters. they did that one thing where they do at the end of ensemble cast trailers where they just throw them all up really quick on a title card and then move on. But then it just makes it feel like it's, you know, and Zendaya as Michi. What what I really would have preferred was... <laughs> and Zendaya is Michi. They have at the end in the credits the character and then like the sort of the comic book style name. Yes. And I would have preferred that. that in the trailer to kind of like, hey, here's who this is. Exactly. I feel like that would have been so, a better. Like a treatment from the Knives Out and Glass Onion final credits, but as a trailer for this film. Yeah. Absolutely. Introducing Jaeger Clade. Boom, boom, boom. Introducing Searcher Clade. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, that would have been that would have been more fun, I think. They leaned way too much on the imagery to sell yeah. the concept of the film. And yeah, it's just it's a because I think it's a fine film and I, I will probably watch it again. You probably won't. But anyway, um, any other final thoughts before we get into the actual movie itself? It's not to say that I hated this movie. It just kind of was a very formulaic to me. Like there really wasn't too much. It just, it seems a little vanilla in terms of the like tropes that they're using. There's sure. not really anything that's like, I feel like I've seen this movie before. I, I completely disagree. So I've, well, yeah. where I'm coming from is yes, absolutely. I think that's a fair criticism. There are tropes here in terms of this being a sci-fi adventure movie and the things that they lean on in that medium. But they're telling a different story with those tropes using different types of characters that we haven't seen before. We have different attitudes, different perspectives and different reactions to their reality than we've seen in stories like this. So I Hmm. think personally, this movie is getting a bit of a short shrift. Could it be better? Could things be tighter? Could the story itself have, you know, just a little bit of a wrench to it, clean up some of the character motivations. And that's, that's more or less where my issue is, is it just felt like I, there wasn't any surprises. Truly. It's a, I, it, it is trying to be a character driven movie and a plot driven movie at the same time. I think that is probably its biggest flaw. Yeah. 
because the story yeah. is moving along and not giving the, the character stuff enough time to land mm-hmm. to make you feel like you are is as emotionally invested all the way around. Yeah, I, I feel like Onward did the same thing and maybe a little bit better. That's kind of where I'm at with this. That's kind of oh. where that was kind of the 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 I like that. thing that I was seeing. Sure. It was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this movie before. It's Onward and Pixar did it. And Pixar is better at emotional characters. <laughs> But yeah, anyways, I haven't seen Ryan the Last Dragon. I have heard no, really great things about it. So we one. should probably do that on the podcast at some point. All right. Well, anyway, let's get into this one, shall we? Let's do it. First off, before I do my fun, let's clip in the intro and then I'll run into the first bit of the plot. Let's talk about this new 100 Years of Disney flyover oh, intro. My. It's all so gorgeous. It is so pretty. You see the the star on the left, and then well, it's, it's the two stars, and it's the first star on the right that you're supposed to take straight on till morning, and then that's the star is. is in the water, and it comes out of the water and flies up, and that's Tinkerbell. Yeah, it was it was really it was a really neat effect, and like honestly, it's it's uh, if this is what they're going to be putting on movies for the next you know few years, that's great. Well, and then you get that gorgeous shot at the end with Pride Rock on the right and the Matterhorn on the left. Yeah, I, I feel like there's probably more reference in there, references in there that I'm just not savvy enough to catch. I feel like we could probably go to Eric Voss's YouTube page and there would probably be or a breakdown. Disney.fandom. Or Disney.fandom.com. You know, somebody has done it. Frame by frame. All righty, here we go. Welcome, explorers, to Avalonia. A modest civilization trapped behind an impassable ring of never-ending mountains, whose citizens strive to do their best despite their humble means. In Avalonia, a land surrounded by an endless wall of mountains, Jaeger Clade and his son Searcher are adventurers who brave the wilderness to explore new worlds. While trying to traverse one of the mountains, Searcher discovers a green plant that gives off energy. Jaeger insists on continuing the quest, but Searcher and the rest of the expedition team believe that the discovery of the new plant dubbed Pando, is good enough. Jaeger angrily continues his mission alone. 25 years later, Searcher has made a name for himself by harvesting Pando and turning it into a fuel resource for Avalonia. He is married to fellow harvester Meridian, and they have a son named Ethan, who gets embarrassed whenever Searcher tries talking to his crush, Diazzo. One day, Callisto Mao, the president of Avalonia, who was one of Jaeger's former expedition teammates, shows up in a giant airship called the Venture, informs the Clades that the Pando is losing its power, and asks Searcher to help find the cause. I mean, they do a lot in the first 20 minutes of this movie, but it it feels paced fine. It does, and I really did like the sort of uh, comic book... The um, newsreel intro. The newsreel intro yeah. that they did. I felt like that was that was really neat. And, and then it had cuts the- into that 2D animation as it's doing flashback stuff before we get into the 3D. I, I mean, my first note is, aside from I love when a story opens with a map, was that I want to see a 2D Jaeger clade cartoon now. A little bit, yeah. It's almost in the style of like the the, the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. A little bit, yeah. Like it was, yeah, it's, it's the a The animation neat has texture to it. Yeah. And, and that's. I liked that. That was really it's neat. It's always interesting to watch and see. That map on the wall, though. It's gorgeous. It's really gorgeous. It's, yes. Wait, it's a sci-fi movie or, or a sci-fi book, a fantasy book, anything that opens with a map. Yeah, I'm hooked. Here <laughs> I am. He's on board. I'm, I'm there. Now, this music describing the gist of the backstory. I mean. Um, as the lyrics come in, kind of like telling you who's who and what's what. The one and only. And who's this by his side? Why, it's none other than his bouncing baby boy, Searcher. Searcher It reminded me because I've just recently been rewatching this about how like that um, second to last season of Arrested Development, every time they do a recap, 
mm-hmm. in the music under Ron Howard's narration. It'd be like, this is the recap. We're doing a recap. We're telling you everything that already happened. <laughs> Cinco. And Buster, you've been abandoned by a mother. Where have you been? This is all your fault. And a lover. Mom. <laughs> Soon found a new mother lover. He wants a second chance and I want to give it to him. Who also... And it's just a funny, clever little device that I like. Yeah. Um, we get a dad joke out of Jaeger. In case you didn't know Jaeger was Searcher's father, we get this dad joke uh, after he asks how he's holding up. How are you holding up? Great. Pretty sure all my toes have frozen off, so at least they don't hurt anymore. Well, as I always say, exploration is snow joke. <laughs> wow. I mean, talk about Jaeger, mister. Am I right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that was good. Thanks for setting me up for that. You sit you sit there and wallow in your shame because that was unnecessary at best. I literally have it written here. Oh, Jaeger Mr. Joke. Do. Of course you do. Um, oh. I will say Searcher needs a bit more situational awareness, obviously. Yeah. I wish that became more of a character flaw throughout. I feel like you can get some funny jokes out of that. But yeah, I, I, these the Pando looks like uh, Sparky Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Which is a great drag name. Sparky Brussels sprouts. Shantae, you stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this, this whole scene of, of him sort of bumbling around was kind of intense when he uh, slipped off and then Jaeger comes down and saves him and then, you know, kind of just brushes it off like it was no big deal. But, you know, it obviously causing things- trauma for this child that yeah. is with him. <laughs> Well, and it sets things up well, because to your point earlier about different tropes in these types of stories, like we're getting this sort of um, sins of the father, burden of the legacy kind of yeah. um, set up here. But I think that it's done really well in the crossfade into 25 years. I mean, I had in all caps 25 years because it's just such an in- incredible time jump in a film like this. But it's to explain how technology has advanced so far with this new power source. Morning, Mr. Clade. Rory, Mr. Clade was my dad's name. Call me Searcher. <laughs> I can't do that, Mr. Clade. That would be disrespectful to the father of Pando. If it weren't for what you discovered, there'd be no power or lights or cars or, or okay, radios okay. or... Thanks, Rory. Oh, I enjoy our little talks. Bye, Mr. Clade. They've framed as a sort of industrial and technological boom yeah. in an ecological setting because mm-hmm. as far as we know so far... This is a plant that's causing this energy and therefore it's renewable energy. And yeah. look at how different the world There's coffee shops. There's a merchant who uses a wheelchair, all of these very sort of progressive imagery things that here's where I will take a moment to tell you who haven't seen it. And maybe anybody else who isn't paying attention that the rotten tomatoes, uh, viewer reviews of this yeah. are chock full of bitter, fragile, sad white people oh jeez who can't handle a an interracial marriage as the primary love interest yep b a homosexual relationship as the secondary love interest yep and c that it's not a cast of white people no it's throughout and it's all coded language like this movie this movie isn't for children turned it off 10 minutes in we're not even 10 minutes in at this point so all they were upset about was an interracial husband and wife who had a gay son don't worry we didn't forget about you oh uh hey diazo i didn't see you there not, not that you're not noticeable i just um it was just uh what's up Hey, I knew you had to work this morning, so I made sure we grabbed you a pack. You did? That's that's really sweet. Ugh, okay, we have allotted three to five minutes of cute flirtation. Can we open our packs already? Yo, if you swap the gender of Ethan, this is no more offensive than The Incredibles and Violet's crush on the one boy that she has a Absolutely. crush on. Absolutely, yeah. And, it's fi- and that's why... Oof, I'm going to get into a lot of that. I've got notes through it throughout, but it's just like, oh, the conservative white people are mad at interracial marriage and gay shit. There's no way this movie would have gotten so much hate if it looked like a Christo idealized Eurocentric community. But the fact that there's people darker than beige and suddenly the huddled stinking masses start fearing they'll no longer be in the majority because they don't want to be treated the way that they treat minorities. That's why people are mad at this movie. And thanks for coming to Josh's TED Talk. I'm sorry. It's yeah, a no, fucking it, sci-fi it movie. It absolutely is just a sci-fi movie. It's and a sci-fi movie. 
And again, it's one of those things where it was handled very well in terms of, you know, there was a hot second when I was like, when Searcher was coming up and I was like, are we about to get some homophobic parent thing? Dad, what are you doing? Ooh, is this him? What's up? I'm Ethan's dad, Searcher. You must be Diazzo. He talks about you all the time. Not all the time. Maybe sometimes or on occasion. So, Diazzo? Tell me about yourself. Nah, that's not really necessary. Are you into farming? Because Ethan is an amazing farmer. You should see him out there. He's strong, smart, super cool, or as you kids say, steep. <laughs> These no. bigoted white people are are mad because they don't feel represented in this movie. I don't want oh, them represented in this movie. That sucks. Yeah. Doesn't it suck to not be represented? Man, Doesn't it that, suck when there's wow. these people who look like you, but actually they're being nice and not Man. saying... Oh no, my homosexual. Oh, it just, um, that's yeah. sit your kids down. I know there are people who are listening to this right now who have children under 10 who would happily sit them down and simply say to them, yes, sometimes boys like other boys, mm -hmm. but that's what gets me is that people, these white people, like that was the thing that that was the straw that broke the proverbial the turtles back. If we want to go with this movie, <laughs> oh um, it was, well, this is too far. The sun is biracial and gay. This is not a children's movie. Fuck you, Susan. Yeah, that's pretty stupid, especially because you'd think that they would identify a bit more with like, you know, the dad leaving for cigarettes and never coming back. In my case, it was my mom's boyfriend and ice oh, cream. Right. But yes. <laughs> I feel like I've told that story. On you, this podcast. I'm pretty sure you have. But the yeah. short version is my mom didn't want to watch Fifth Element. Her boyfriend did. They got into an argument about it. He said, well, I'm just going to go get ice cream. And then he drove to Louisiana and never came back. <laughs> Except to creepily stalk my mom from across the street of her work. It was a week. Oh, anyway. no. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh. Yeah. Uh. So I prefer, uh, you know, uh, this kind of absent father. But here yeah. again, I think we're also seeing millennials exercising issues of generational trauma yeah. and the impact of their parents' decisions on their own lives. Uh, Searcher is in his 40s. He says it. That's Gen X. That's the young end of Gen X. Yeah. And I hate to break it to you, Gen Xers, but your generation is part of the problem. Think of it this way. In the movie Heathers, there were four Heathers and there was one Winona Ryder. You might think you were the Winona writer, but fucking everybody else with Heathers. Come on, Gen <laughs> X, get with it. Talk to your children, talk to your friends, tell them to stop being fascists. Anyway. I don't think have? I've ever seen Heathers. Oh, it's good. Yeah. I'll have to watch it's, it at some point. darkly funny. Yeah. I love dancing mealtime, but obviously this shit was fitting to get wrecked. This, this is the happiest these people have been the entire film. <laughs> And they're oh, all yeah. dancing and jazzy and cooking in this kitchen. I, it's a, it's a super cute scene. It really is. And then, you know, there's a big crash and then suddenly, uh, you know, they're, they're thrown and into the And then chaos. an Asian president. What's next? Oh, also that, I mean, yeah, it's just the dog I love, but I loved the dog at this point. Yes. I will get, I will, we will get to it later. I also feel like they were really reliant on this farm to gas tank Pando, right? Yeah. I feel like they should have been able to figure out how to create energy otherwise, or at least diversified their portfolio a little bit. I mean, it's 25 years and this was the technology technological jump. Well, that's what they they're doing now. It took, I mean, but, but we'll discuss it, but, but not for nothing. Like there were already different ways of generating electricity when that was discovered. And then, you know, we, they, they figured out they that coal could do it. They could do it with water. They could do it with all these other things. You're assuming that coal exists in this world because coal is a fossil fuel. And again, spoiler alert, they're on the back of a giant turtle. Yeah, this is true. Um, but anyways, I that's where but my note was like, I feel like y'all should have just diversified a little bit. Um, but hey, here we are. Here we are. All right. Shall we? We shall. Searcher joins an expedition to travel into a giant sinkhole in which the roots of Pando have been located on the way down. Meridian tries catching up in her crop duster after Ethan and their dog Legend secretly boarded the venture. Ethan wanted to come with Searcher, but was shortlisted when they are attacked by red wyvern-like creatures, continuing to head down until they break through the crust and end up in a subterranean world. 
As Searcher and Legend are separated from the group during the crash, they get attacked by a creature called a Reaper, only to be rescued by Jaeger, who has been living underground all these years, revealing that he has tried taking advantage of traversing under the mountain, but is blocked off by an acidic ocean that he cannot cross. He decides to help look for the venture as a means to cross it. So we're about 20 minutes in this movie and we're going in a hole. Yep, we we are, uh, you know. Spelunking, we're, we're hole diving. We, we're going we're down going that deep. hole. We're going deep. We're going deep down that hole. Our mission is to follow these roots until we reach the heart of Pando and stop whatever's harming it. Uh, so how far does it go down? We're not sure. But Avalonia's future depends on us finding out. Psst, Clay, come here, listen. We, uh, we got no idea what's down there. If you want to back out, I could drop you off. Wait, seriously? <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> Look at your face. Oh, we need you to figure this out. Otherwise, we're doomed. We are doomed. <laughs> uh, Duffel, who is absolutely delightful. Mm, the pilot. And you had mentioned, and I didn't realize it, that this is an exact replica. Or, I mean, this is the exact same trope. It's a direct reference to when Wash dies in Serenity. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's kind of hilarious that that was just thrown in there i love it yeah i absolutely love it. well even that one guy's last name being red shirt is a reference to star trek red oh, Shirts. yeah 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 that's funny isn't that fun yeah that's lots of fun i love that in this film the mom becomes a badass mm-hmm. she's like oh shit i'm gonna give up like she it's the thing that she does uh, all the time at home. And now yeah. she's answering a heroic call in the moment of crisis. It's brilliant. Yeah. And racists are just mad that she's black. If she were white, nobody would have a problem with it. And, and you know, if they want another movie like that, they can go watch independence day where this basically happens the same way with the oh, dad. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Again, just, there's a lot of things that feel like I've seen this movie before. Yeah. But guess what? But yeah, if you're under, if you're aged 20 and under, <laughs> you might not have, this is true. Which I, is just something that we have to accept. I think as people who enjoy movies and we get older and make, there's more no accessible. new story under the sun. Yeah, it's true. Yada, yada, Shakespeare plots, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like how many yeah. books have been written that there's no new plot. It's just about, it's, it's less about the trope itself and how your fresh characters react to it. Absolutely. And interact. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and how how they change the characters mm-hmm. that's where it's interesting yeah when they break through that membrane or that crust or whatever yeah there's so much to see in this shot did you have any idea all of this was down here not at all we are definitely off the map now okay they're okay and we're okay there is gorgeous it really it, it, and again i'm not this movie is pretty like everything is the, the animation is great the way that everything is just sort of bouncy and gooey and like uh, that the physics are are done yes. very very well and if we were better researchers, we would caveat here a little bit into the art style of the artist that this style is referencing. Mm-hmm. But instead, you can just look for a link in the show description that I'll research later when I've realized that I should have included that already. So just making a note for you all now that no, we don't know <laughs> who this artist is. And some of you might yeah. be screaming at your earbuds or ear pods or radioms or whatever you're listening to us on. Yeah. Just click the notes. I put the link there. I do my job eventually. Yeah. At this point, Callisto, I, I have pegged. So this is my theme throughout it is trying to find who the villain is in this movie. You do that in every movie. I know. As which, if every movie needs a villain. Right. Well, welcome to Villain Watch. Every uh, movie needs an antagonist. It doesn't necessarily need a villain. Absolutely. Absolutely. Callisto seems like the bad guy right now. And I sort of was right about it in that she wasn't she's an antagonist you're absolutely right she's an individual who wants to maintain the status quo because from their perspective the status quo is what is allowing society to thrive correct that in and of itself is not necessarily offensive when you apply it to our real world right now yes usually those people are assholes yeah for sure (laughs) trying to maintain the status quo is usually the person who's unwilling to change for the better, which is, I think, what you were getting at when we were discussing this before the show. And that's kind of where I was at with Callisto at this point, thinking, okay, yeah, this this looks like this is going to be our antagonist. She's going to be the one that's going to be 
the problematic character. But it's also sci-fi. So it's yeah. it's the mission leader who needs to be convinced who, and you'll we'll get to it right. eventually, brigs the people trying to make a change and then later has to be convinced. It's, it's, it's fucking, it's, it's Adama in Battlestar Galactic. It's the that's same shit. True. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? it, that's why these sci-fi tropes are great because how does then everyone that is new to the environment, to the trope react? Right. That's why I'm enjoying it because the reactions to the trope are unexpected. That's where the left turns are. Mm. And I myself as a viewer have long gotten over all the other nonsense of people looking, I don't know, like the world looks like when you open your fucking front door. <laughs> yeah. And even the dog people on Rotten Tomatoes were mad that quote unquote, even the dog is special bitch. Parks and Rec did it first. You're a champion. <laughs> that is a three legged dog. His name is champion. Cause he's the dog world champion. Okay, I have to ask this. I'm sorry, but how many legs did that dog have when you found him? Three. That's what makes him the best. He can do more with three legs than most dogs can do with four. Except for digging. He's really bad at digging. And we're like, what the fuck? What do you, why do you have a problem with a three-legged dog? They exist. Yes, they absolutely what do. What the fuck? That's so... Uh... People are like, Disney's trying to cram too much into this movie. It just looks like the world! No, it's honestly, it's using, again, like you said, we're using uh, existing tropes, but but applying new people and new formulas into it that are. And they're only new because they new have been excluded previously. Right. If this film were made as a 2D animated movie 30 years ago, or even 20 years ago, like Treasure Planet, mm-hmm. it would look a lot more white. Oh, absolutely. And that's what people have a problem with. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <gasps> God, when did this podcast get so serious? I know. I like Meridian's Vest. Meridian's Vest is very, very cute. It's kind of got that wool Sherpa inside, Mm -hmm. but it's like a crop vest. Everybody is looking like really great in this movie. Like it's the the costume design that they, you know, it's, yeah, it's just, it's done. It's done so well. Speaking of Meridian, you know, she's a fan of the three F's. There you go. It's not pretty, but uh, it'll get us back airborne. <laughs> I gotta say, Meridian, for a crop duster, <laughs> you are one gutsy pilot. Well, the three things I love the most are my family, my farm, and flying. Now, if that last thing could protect the other two, I'd fly through fire. They set that up so that the adults in the room would think she was about to say fucking. And, and then, then that she just, said family. And then she said family. But my brain is still filling in fucking every time she says family for the next five minutes. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. They yes. know what they were doing. Yeah. Um. Uh, one of the things that I really liked in, in, in this part was when the goo falls on um, Searcher. And that little, the, they're like, like e- the horse. Emu with- horse tongue neck frill thing just kind of slurps it off. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite thing. <laughs> Well, scoff all you want, but when I get past these mountains, I'll return to Avalonia, a hero. Bet they even give me a statue in the town square. You already have a statue. I do? Yeah, and it's right beside mine. It looked like Gak. Something about how that stuff was animated looked like the old school Gak. And that's, and again, that's what was really neat and sort of innovative about this is that it's such a weird viscous goo that you generally don't see Lots in animation. Of that we haven't seen in animation yeah. before. And even further, one thing I noticed in some of the close-ups, these characters have pores. Oh yeah. On their skin. It like you, it looked like you could touch them. Well, We've and, gotten to a point with human beings in 3D animation that yeah. works in a way that I want more of. Well, and that's kind of like what Brave was doing. Uh, Brave was really Especially focused on Meredith's freckles hair. and things like that. Like they were texture. They were, yeah, yeah, they were really focused on that. And I mean, a lot of these guys. I mean, this is obviously Disney uh, Studios. They, you know, they a lot of around. these. Uh, yeah, there's going to be there's going to be a lot of like cross pollination of of talent. Um, because even though you do yeah. have people who are at. Walt Disney Animation Studios, Pixar Studios, you'll have some of those who are contract workers who will move between the two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Disney, I think, at least in my perspective and understanding of things, has always been good about like adding to the bucket of creativity and sharing. Mm-hmm. Do they always nurture it well? No. See also Disney Imagineering. But that's not the point here. The point here is when we get these swinging monkey starfish things, you said never trust a starfish. And I don't know why you said this. <laughs> Oh, never trust a starfish. Yes. Well, because of uh, Suicide Squad. Oh, never. is it a line from Suicide Squad, or are you just referencing? I'm Suicide just Squad? referencing Suicide Squad, like God. the starfish. There, you don't want to trust them. God. They might face hug you. 
This city is mine. This is where he started getting vibes of, hold on, we're not in a new world. This is starting to feel like an episode of the Magic School Bus. A little bit, yeah. Because the little red guy went and flagged down the other guys to eat this anomaly thing. Mm-hmm. And then one of them, it was the, the minute I knew the Reapers weren't the quote unquote bad guys yeah. is when the one got the propeller and slapped the other one from touching it. That's the minute I knew those weren't, those were a problem, but not the antagonist, like not the issue. Right, you know what I mean? Because my next thing was, you know, splat the blue goo. Is this mm-hmm. the bad guy? Hashtag villain watch. You also said, yeah, blue cave. <laughs> yeah, blue cave. And, and for me, I'd just be like, this is where I'd begin weeping. I've, I've fallen in a giant fleshy plant hole. Yes. Everything around here looks like it would be gross to touch. And my only way out is this blue cave. I just sit there, start crying and die eventually like i wouldn't oh like i i'm i I would be useless abandoned in in, on my own in a strange world absolutely useless absolutely absolutely at least for like the first 24 hours before i rallied right maybe found something to smoke that would cheer me up or eat Uh, who knows yeah again hypothetical situation where i'm stranded in a strange world i'm just saying this is this is the part where i'd either begin weeping or try to find something psychedelic (laughs) i mean yeah just start just start putting these things in your mouth and just seeing what they do (laughs) all right which is how i approach the world when you think about Uh um i'm not feeling this is where i have the note i'm not feeling great about jaeger burning up these trails that are then immediately replaced by propagated creatures yeah i'm getting the feel that the environment is trying to take care of itself these trees when we cut back to ethan on his own and you knew this was down here because you're from here but it's not like this up top like these colors, these colors are so trippy. And these trees, uh, even the trees are cool. <laughs> Why is it doing that splat? Oh, by the way, do you mind if I call you splat? I just came up with it. You just kind of give me splat vibe. So I just thought, oh, wait, are you offended? I can't tell. My, the note I put was, I'm pretty sure this is how our lungs work. We have, I don't know the words. I don't know the terminology. If you've t- recently taken anatomy, congrats. But we've got little tree-looking phalanges inside our yeah. lungs that have little nodules on the end of them. They probably have uh, mitochondria in them. That's a part of a cell. You're, you're, yeah, that's a part of a cell. So I guess, <laughs> but we're getting off topic. Point is, I started getting vibes of they are inside a body here. Yes. I, d- I honestly didn't pick up on it at this point. It was a little bit further when we got into the acidic ocean that I was like, okay, this is odd. We're, we seem to be going through a tunnel. Not necessarily an open world at this point. Well, when you think about it, like inside of our own bodies, all of that stuff is just yeah. floating in fluid. Yeah, it's true. The only reason we didn't get any indication of that is because the humans, I guess they're humans, aren't resi- like, you know, they can still breathe. They aren't resisting against anything. Yeah. None of that's really examined, which is meh, um, worth tripping over if you're going to be pedantic (laughs) but again because of how that red one reacted with those other two in the propeller and how blue was trying to drag him under yeah all of those other reapers who just weren't interested blue i i called him blue he's splat and i want by the way it's not going to happen because this movie didn't make any fucking money but if the disney parks sold a translucent splat toy that felt like an overused stretch armstrong Mm mm-hmm like, how great would that be? Or like those little sea urchin things with like, they had like glitter and sure. glue inside and like that style. Or even giant sticky hands. Yes. That you could just hurl. Because oh, he had, there was at one point where Splat did that. He got thrown yes. against the wall and did the like, you know, the little. <sighs> sticky down the wall schlumpy, guy. Schlumpy. Yeah. I was, loved it. It was very cute. I loved it. All right. Shall we move on? Let's do it. Okay. Meanwhile, back at the ship, repairs continue, but Ethan sneaks away to find Searcher and discovers a blue creature he dubs Splat, who tries taking him to his father. They end up getting attacked by more Reapers, but reunite with Searcher, Legend, and Jaeger. 
You're soon rescued by Meridian and Callisto, who outrun the creatures and return to the venture. Searcher insists on completing their mission, while Jaeger wants to continue journeying across the strange world. Callisto agrees to help fix the ship so that they can continue traveling. During this time, Ethan realizes that Searcher and Jaeger do not see eye to eye, and he becomes frustrated with them and their opposing views. After another wild encounter, Searcher and Jaeger finally have a heart-to-heart and realize that they do respect each other's goals in life. They finally encounter a root cluster where Pando is being attacked by the creatures. Believing that the Pando is fighting back, they decide to try to help it. Searcher and Jaeger have another argument over Jaeger's influence on Ethan that ends with Ethan angrily leaving. Searcher follows him aboard a small flying vehicle, but as they are making up, they realize they are floating above an endless ocean and are in front of a giant eye with a mountain on top of it. The two realize that Avalonia is on the back of a giant turtle-like creature whose body they have been traveling through, and that the Pando is the giant creature's illness, and the creatures they have been fighting are its immune system. I just really don't understand why Jaeger is as dismissive of his offspring as he is, even even up to this point. Because like, you have a healthy relationship with your father. I guess that's true. But like, <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those things where we've got this relationship where it feels like Jaeger is kind of emotionally stunted. Yes. It feels like he doesn't have any sort of sense of. Well, he says it later. If I don't have all of this, who am I? Chasing that horizon. That's all I've ever known. Even though it cost me everything. You. Your mom. The last 25 years of my life. If I gave up on it, what would I be? Who would I be? I've said that to you before when I got laid off. Oh my God. You know what I mean? Like these are very, like you can call it a trope, but it's all very real and very identifiable. It is. The concept of a father saying, son, I want you to do this. And the son saying, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's a, it's a time honored trope. Yeah, it's true. Fucking, they did it in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. But I don't like her. Don't like her? What's wrong with her? She's beautiful. She's rich. She's got huge tracks of land. I know, but I want the girl that I marry to have a certain special something. Cut that out, cut that out. You're marrying Princess Lucky. So you better get used to the idea. But I don't want to get married, Father. I want to sing. <laughs> We've been doing this for years. Yeah. Back to hashtag villain watch. I mean, the dads are now the villains. Yeah, um, sure. That's kind of where we're at right yep. now. <laughs> and not the electric jellyfish cotton candy clouds. No, those were very, very Gorgeous. Cute. Super cool. But to your point, here's where racists would be like, if these liberal lefties are so big on representation, then why isn't the grandpa homophobic? So I feel seen. His name is Diazzo. Diazzo, huh? I really like him a lot. I just don't know how to tell him because... I just get this. I always get some of this. Hey, let your grandpa give you some solid advice. If you really, really want to impress this fella, this is what you do. You get him into a dangerous situation, like maybe one in which he almost dies. And then you save him from it. Bonus points if it includes bandits, alligators, and or spectacular explosions. Yeah, that was another point where I, I kind of clenched up a little bit because I was like, okay, this is the grandpa going to embrace Ethan? And absolutely, it just, it, it felt, again, and, it, it felt and like- even in it science didn't, fiction. It didn't even call attention to no. it. It was just a matter of fact. And like, that is- uh, And th- even in science fiction, yeah. fiction, science fiction, these people go, well, this isn't realistic. I can't watch this with my I mean, children. This is too adult. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's too adult that an old man would accept his young gay grandson I don't know why Susan's suddenly the villain of this. My son's a homosexual, and I love him. I love my dead gay son. Susan is the real villain. Hashtag villain watch Susan. You might have listeners named Susan. That's okay. <laughs> You're the villain, Susan. Uh, um, not that. Su- hashtag not, you, not, <laughs> not me. Not, not me, Susan. Not me, Susan. Hashtag not me, Susan. <laughs> oh, bless. I, I want to play Primal Outpost, this game that they're playing. Yeah, it seems. It looks like Catan. It looks like a few other games that we've played. I like the idea of the goal is to live harmoniously with your world. Yeah. 
I like that. Because yeah, no, then there's still com- competition in games like that that we've played. There's still competition because which of us is the most harmonious and you're gaining points. And that's where the conflict comes in. I, as much as I think that it's it's neat and cool, it's a bit clunky. You know, we get introduced to the cards at the beginning of the of the movie and then we get this where, hey, let's play this game. The scene is labored. I'll give you that. I just want to play the game. Oh, come on. It is not that complicated. Maybe I'll just farm Pando. Pando's not a part of the game. Can we conquer the monsters and use them as weapons? Monsters aren't weapons. What? No. Check out my new weapon. If he gets a monster, I get Pando. No monster, no Pando. And no bad guys? What kind of game has no bad guys? That's just poor storytelling. Okay, you know what? You want bad guys? Fine. You two are the bad guys because you both are annoying me. Duh! Yeah, the park should sell this. Disney, make this game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we get to the acid... C whatever and it's got that skull looking thing that looks yeah. just like the one on the map um and splat decides that he's going to solve the problem by having a conversation with a, a the local microphages i don't know little tardigrades yeah the the little green acid tardigrades and all of the sounds that they're making as they're clearly communicating <laughs> just made me giggle it's just delightful so much fun oh this dog should be dead (laughs) um there i how many times you had to save there was that one point where he had like the little like fauna on 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 his head and was just sitting there just this is my life now i'm stuck inside this bulb but you don't know what was happening inside that bulb they could have been that little thing could have been cleaning him Oh, it could have been tickling him. This dog is just a bumbly and everywhere. And, I love and, it. And, yes. <laughs> and delightfully agile for a dog missing a leg. Because you yes. know what? They adapt because that's what real life fucking is. Right? Yes. You got to adapt. Adapt or die. I uh. mean, it is a little, a little heavy handed, but I get that old white people not liking to have to face the fact that they need to adapt or get out of the fuck, out, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Might be a little scary for them. Because that's the overarching theme here is that even the person who thinks he's right mm-hmm. needs to adapt to change to save not just his life, but the life of everyone else. Yeah. Again, hashtag villain watch. Pando is the villain. Kind of obvious that, hey, this resource that we've been cultivating for 25 years is wreaking havoc somewhere else. Yes. All uh, fracking. And I again, I. I oh. oh, the fracking. No, no, not that. Oh, <laughs> it's just interesting because as we're getting here every time these people were having and you know man versus environment is a plot divide like that's a that's one i studied in college it's every time they do it and the way that the land reacts to them it felt bad to me it felt oh god no like this doesn't feel why am i cheering these people, why are these the ones that I'm so, and obviously it's because that, that ideal of, you know, uh, slash and burn and take the resource and it doesn't matter, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. That's the actual quote unquote villain of the piece. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of, I mean, to a degree, I, I, again, understand where Callisto's coming from. She knows that this is the resource that we need to be able to continue our way of life. Yeah. And up to this point, had no reason to believe that it was effectively a weed. Right. Like, you know, because it improved life for them. Right. While draining the life of the land that they live on. Again, here's the fossil fuel analogy. Yeah. And that's probably another underlying thing that some of these uh, right leaning folks are uncomfortable with because it's the truth. Fossil fuels are killing the planet. Should we call them dandelions? Dandelions. Dandelions are fun, like, but they are invasive and they can take over your entire lawn. Are we calling the bigots dandelions? Yes, like they're that. invasive. Um, Hashtag dandelions. We get Ethan arguing with Searcher here, having the same conversation with his father that Searcher had with his father. And, you know, the I'm not you. I don't want to be you. Right. This is another thing that boomers and again, Gen X, let's be real, don't want to face 
is that their children are not going to be exactly what they expected them to be because yeah. they themselves had to be exactly what was expected from their helicopter parents. Where's all this coming from? This doesn't sound like you. But it is me, Dad. This is probably the most me I've ever been. I just, I feel like I'm in my element when I'm exploring this world. Exploring? Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's just so much to discover here. And Wait, wait, are, are, you, are, you, are you saying you want to be an explorer? Hey, is everything all right? Is this because of him? What? It is, isn't it? No. What did you say to Ethan? I, I didn't say anything. Dad, it's not Grandpa's fault. Are you trying I, to brainwash my son? Brainwash? Ethan, will you trust me? The, wait, the line that he gets, he's like, you, this isn't you, I know you. You don't know, and I don't have kids. We don't have kids. But even at age 12, 13, 14, whatever this kid is supposed to be, you, you know who that kid has been. Mm -hmm. You do not know who they are or who they will become because that is up to them. Yeah. Which is another thing I think adults in the room are uncomfortable with watching this movie. The concept that yeah. while they are stewards for their children, mm -hmm. they are not actually in control of their life. Yeah. Deal with it. And, and, and to that point still like with, with how searcher kind of, comes to the realization that he's basically doing the same thing that his father did. And, you know, growing from that yeah. um, is that's something that people need to see. Yeah. And again, back to the reflecting of, of, of a millennial, I guess earlier I said it was uh, boomers and Gen Xers. I honestly think a lot of millennial parents are the ones who are helicopter parents who are like, yeah. oh, things have to be perfect. And if someone's disobeying, that's wrong. I feel like there's nothing more encapsulating of that sort of uh, young Gen X elder millennial perspective than when they realize that it's an island. An eye, right? Yeah. A, a re really, really big eye. Yeah. And it's looking right at us. You, you know what this means, right? It's judging me? No, no. It, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Searcher just assumes he's being judged. Yeah, for real. Because that's very on brand, I feel like, for my generation of, oh, God, I'm being looked at. Is somebody I'm thinking, looked at. What, what, uh, who are you? Don't, and don't notice me. No, don't <laughs> knock on my text first. How dare you? Like, it's, <laughs> it's all of that kind of packaged into. And not thinking that the, that the giant sea turtles mate uh, is uh, also looking at this thing outside of itself and being like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> right. Imagine that. Imagine, you know, a knuckle high human, you know, coming out of one of your orifices and staring you in the eye, <laughs> even knuckle high, like nail high. Like imagine a little man as yeah. big as your fingernail looking at you in the <laughs> eye going, am I being judged? Um, <laughs> it'd be weird, right? It would be weird. Yeah. Shall we move on? Uh, we shall. Let's bring this, uh, uh spaceship to dock. Let's bring this turtle to the beach. Let's bring this mitochondria to the powerhouse of the cell. Yeah. Searcher and Ethan head back to inform the expedition's team about the giant turtle. But the team is in disbelief with Jaeger angrily leaving to see for himself and Callisto and team locking up the clades and splat to prevent them from stopping the mission. Luckily, legend comes by and splat helps him release the family from a closet. To stop the Pando from killing the world, Searcher and Ethan head to the root cluster, which is actually the heart, while Meridian takes over the ship and finally convinces Callisto. Jaeger, after having a change of heart, returns and breaks through the Pando with Searcher. Creatures suddenly appear and bring the heart back to life, saving the land but losing the Pando power source. One year later, Ethan is in a relationship with Diazzo as they and their friends collect resources from the strange world. Avalonia has shifted from Pando energy to wind turbines, Jaeger revisits his ex-wife Penelope, who has remarried during his presumed death, and Searcher and Jaeger's relationship has improved. When they're getting out of this closet, I just gotta drop this whole clip in right here. Wait, what's that noise? No tongue! Legend! Hey, boy. Hey, open the door. Hey, come on, open the door. Come on, legend. You can do it. Come on, legend. That's your baby. That's mama's baby. That's mama's baby. You can do it. You can do it. Can you not yell at my dog? I wouldn't yell if you were actually trained. He is trained. He hasn't been in the house for the last two days. We've been on this ship for the last two days. 
<laughs> this whole thing was just fucking hilarious. It was. It was a comedy of errors. Oh, I can open the door, but I'm going to come back and I'm going to let somebody else do it. It's a funny trope. It's almost vaudeville. It really is, because he slides yeah. under the door to show the dog how to open the door and then slides back under the door. Dog opens the door and then he stands up and gives a thumbs up. Like, just open the door, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it's cute. It's, just, it's it, cute. It is. It is cute. And then at about an hour 16, we get yet another moment that troll Gorgon racist people don't like. And that's a white cartoon smooching a black cartoon. Yeah. I'll keep Callisto off your back and you keep our son safe out there. Wait, what? He is not coming with me. <laughs> Tell him that. Hey, you coming or what? We're on the clock. It really does suck that that is the sentiment that's come from just regular viewers on Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. It's so it's, it's so stupid. Bonkers. It's like why why spend the time at like you don't have to watch the movie. You don't have to watch the movie. You certainly don't have to go on Rotten Tomatoes and comment about it. Right. Because clearly if you went on that and you turned it off, then you didn't watch the entire movie. Right. So yeah, no, uh, but also those, those hateful people are just looking for other pe hateful people to agree with them so that they can feel looking validated in their echo views. Chamber. Yeah, yep. exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also having to be told that the real impact you make is on the people that you impact and how they carry that on for future generations and not your money, your wealth, your statue, your quote unquote legacy. Yeah. Your actual legacy is what you in your love and impact on the world and mm -hmm. people like that's how, how yeah, man, I don't, this isn't a philosophy podcast. So <laughs> no, they also don't like to be told that we're, we might be too late to save the planet. I mean that too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go ahead and drop in a clip of you're in town. say that little sally don't you think people want to be told that their way of life is unsustainable that and the title's awful oh, i suppose you're right little sally i do suppose you're right can't we do a happy musical next time if there is a next time i'm sure we can and yet hope prevails in the form of orange glowing jelly-like quadruped shaken from the backs of walking creatures healing the damaged systems of the life-giving turtle beast. Is Morgan Freeman here? <laughs> Is he here? Is he in studio right now? Oh, I didn't realize how taxing that voice can be. <laughs> it, I mean, it but is. yeah, they, I mean, we explained it in the plot, they break it open. It gets convinced. And yeah, the little, the squiggly little things that fall off those plants to become whatever needs it heal. And like, here's, you know, it's an immune system and yeah. It's yeah, it, it's I, I love the magic school bus uh, reference that you made earlier because I mean, Keisha, that's exactly what it is. What's that? Girl, that's a booty hole. Not a hole, Keisha. A valve. Yeah, it's like that episode of the magic school bus. Yeah, I, there's just as as everything sort of denouements and wraps up, we get um, you know Jaeger finally facing the thing that he's always been chasing. Yeah. I spent my whole life wondering about this moment. Would it be like? Would it look like? Would it feel like? And how does it feel? Feels perfect. And as morbid as it is, I just thought it would be hilarious if he just jumped off the ship. I was like, well, I'm done now. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean again, I, this is it, it's a cute movie. Uh I I really do I I not to say I didn't enjoy it. Um but it definitely was just a bit predictable and a little bit Which is fine. Yeah. But again, I can I, honestly from talking with you uh about about this, I can really kind of see how this is very much just trying to reimagine these tropes with more diverse characters and you could call and, it progressive yeah. all you want but it literally just looks like this was cast like this could have been a, a live action movie and nobody would have batted an eye yeah absolutely and it would have been it still would have been rated pg yes like there's no you know what i mean it's a perfectly fine movie yes yeah, like I said, I, I'm I'm not a I'm not I'm not I'm not mad about it. Honestly, I think you should probably watch it. You should see it at least once. Yeah, yeah. But of course, for any number of reasons we've already talked about, it didn't do too well at the box office. It had no. a budget of about 113 to 180 million, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, somewhere in there, and it only made 66.5. 
Yeah, it got it came to the Disney Plus platform real fast. Real it's even showing that it's still in theaters right now. So they really were trying just to get it to a platform where they could theoretically use it to make some money. That's also something that's telling about a lot of these reviews. They didn't start coming up complaining about it until it hit the platform. Yep. I'm sorry. You're going to have to get over it because there's gay shit on Disney Plus now. Deal yeah. with it. Deal with it. So as Josh alluded to, critic score on this is 73, which isn't terrible. No. But, you know, definitely not as high as it as it could have been. We've got Allison Wilmore from the New York Magazine uh, slash Vulture. Is yeah. that the same thing now? New York Magazine Vulture, the same thing now. Got it. Okay. Um, and this was November 25th. She said... So much of Strange World's audaciousness is front loaded with its concept and is so and so little of it comes through in execution. Yeah. I think that's a harsh read on it, but it's not inaccurate. It's not inaccurate. Simon Abrams at RobertGerEbert.com said, Strange World breezes through a checklist of formulaic plot points and canned emotional rel- revelations with enough style and sensitivity to make it work. That's where I come from. Sure, it's it's formulaic and it's and it's yeah. tropey, but I feel like it works. Yeah, this this kind of I think this kind of encapsulates how I feel about it. Again, not to say that it's a bad movie, but again, it's an animated journey to the center of the earth for today's yes, viewers. Absolutely. Literally today's. Richard Whitaker from the Austin Chronicle, uh, and this was November 23rd, said a rewarding continuation of the studio's recent narrative fascination with overcoming divides rather than evil. Again, yeah, again, no villains truly right. in this. I liked uh, it. Yeah, no, it's great. And so because of all of the goddamn trash on Rotten Tomatoes, I only pulled verified viewers who oh. all surprisingly enough liked it. Wolf 2020 said a day ago, a solid feature about a family and understanding each other and gave it four and three and a half stars. Uh, Brian W gave it five full stars. Uh, a beautiful and creative world building, fun, refreshingly diverse characters, stunning animation. Agreed. Yeah. Terry also gave it five stars. Very entertaining. My six-year-old grandson loved it. Thank Aww. you, Terry. Terry is the kind of Gen Xer and or boomer that you should aspire to be, listeners. Absolutely. Show it to your grandson. I'm- and if that if grandson said, are those two boys, uh, did they like each other? And the answer is yes. It's that simple. Kids are not as stupid and bigoted as you are, Susan. And again, if if Susan, if you're listening, this isn't directed at you. None um, of our listeners, truly, this is not directed at any of our listeners. No, I'm because just anybody pulling that's white lady this, names out of my ass. Yeah. All right. We got some trivia. Just a bit. According to Hall, Strange World is a nod to pulp magazines. We mentioned that a little bit earlier. And mm-hmm. uh, films like Journey to the Center of the Earth, which I just named check, Fantastic Voyage, and King Kong that sort of serve as visual references. Yeah. The director also said he loved reading the old issues of pulps growing up. They were big adventures in which a group of explorers might discover a hidden world or ancient creatures. They've been a huge inspiration of, for Strange World. And that's even like right as the credits finish. Like it's that one of those kind of pulpy comic books. Yeah. I love it. It was, it was really, it, it is really super cute. And like I said, I, I, I enjoyed those. And I think a short of, of Jaeger's adventures would be fun. Yes. Yeah. Final thoughts. I thought it was a fine movie. Again, I, I, Josh liked it more apparently. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it and I'll happily watch it again. And again, I'm not to say that like, I mean, I'm never going to watch this again or whatever, because, uh, you know, again, it's, it's very pretty. I will happily put this on a loop to give it numbers to outweigh the fucking bigots. Cause well, guess may- what? Maybe if they're not watching it, it all the way, I don't give a flying fuck. Yeah. Fuck you, Susan. Now, what's next? It's the end of the year. Yes. You might be listening to this at the beginning of the year. If so, happy new year. Um, it's hiatus time, y'all. We always take January off. Sometimes we try to record a couple episodes. We don't have any specific plans yet. Yeah. Um, just keep an eye on our socials uh, for what will happen. Like we said at the top, we got a house to nest in. So who knows what will happen? But we'll be back in uh, in a four to six weeks, give or take. Again, check yeah. our socials. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated in terms of like where we're at and how, we're, and and how things what? are progressing. But Once yes. we have a specific drop date for our first episode of season four, oh my gosh. we'll do a feed drop to let you know. How about that? Yeah, for sure. Awesome. How about that? How about that? Speaking of socials, where can they find us, Clancy? Oh, well, they can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NonplussedPod. Yes, and if you want to suggest a film for us to watch, especially here as we're about to start doing content planning for our next season, or you want to clap back at us for an opinion that we have, by all means, submissions at NonplussedPod.com. Yeah. And, of course, remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcasting platform of preference. Help us gain that algorithm. Let people know what podcast they should be listening to in the new year. If they like people getting 
unreasonably mad at other people's reactions to Disney films, this is the place to come, baby! Yes. Alrighty, well that's it. Hope you're staying warm. Happy holidays again. That over there is my husband Clancy. And over there is my husband Josh. And we have been Nonplussed! Nonplussed. Let all their podcasts be forgot so you only hear stars. Oh my gosh. I could have done the rest of it, but. I love it. Uh, I didn't feel like. Bye. Bye. <laughs> It keeps trying to come out like Kermit. Hold on. Why are there so many? <clears throat> and and yeah. <clears throat> Why can't I get up there? I don't know. <gasps> what are you trying to do? I like that fucking dandies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dandy, dandy fucking lines. Dandy lines. Don't forget to check out Tavor on iOS and Android for your 100% independent resource for tasty and tantalizing craft brews. Just search Tavor, that's T-A-V-O-U-R, in your App Store search to get $10 off your first order of $25 or more. Cheers! Bye! Bye.